Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Get the car coat and the driving gloves out. Get the moccasins on, get behind the wheel and enjoy a joyride with Jules and Jim. Are you sitting comfortably, Jim? Yes, thank you. Seatbelt on? Uh, Yeah, actually it is. (laughs) Good, excellent. Here we go then. I'm delighted to welcome our guest. Um, on this particular podcast is a true great legend and icon of British popular music whose music is loved throughout the world. A writer, a performer, and he is here with us today. It is Suggs! I was saying, I looked. I was looking on eBay and I saw a Rolls Royce with a cut crystal glass decanter in it. Yes, lovely. And that is, is the, you get that in a Rolls Royce. So in your car, there'd be a no, lager no. in the back seat. <laughs> and there would sit on a Bentley, you'd have the... Um, the ashtray would be a cigar ashtray, and it has the cut the groove the size of a cigar. Whereas that's on, right. on your Austin Ambassador, it would be a fag-shaped groove. That's right. We could go on. My son-in-law, funny enough, his dad had a, had a roller. He bought a ring for his wife and decided the safest place to put it would be in the ashtray, so he wouldn't forget it. As he closed the ashtray, what he forgot to remember is they just opened out oh, no. onto the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Very simple technology. Okay? They weren't daft, them Rolls Royce people. You don't want to be emptying that all the time. So anyway. you just go straight onto the road. <laughs> yeah. That was the end. Straight onto your neighbour's drive. <laughs> Never to be seen again. Are you a keen motorist? Did you see? I'm not. I'm, I wasn't wild. You know, I, I I I like cars and I like transport. What was your um, first car? First car. Was it was a Carmen Gear? Do you remember that? Oh yeah. yes, yeah. Volkswagen Carmen Gear. Volkswagen. Volkswagen. You know, it had all the look of a Porsche, and would only go about twenty, thirty mile an hour a push. Yeah, yeah. The hard top or a convertible? I got a hard top, um, and I remember. Um, in fact, it was a wedding present for my wife Anne, um, and I bought it in Luton, and it was snowing, and I, I'd never driven a car before Hang on, in my it life. It was a wedding present, but you bought it <laughs> for her. But you'd never driven a car before in your no, life. No. So I decided to take, of all the people, Lee Thompson, our saxophone player. Now, for your younger viewers... A safe pair you of may not know. You may not know. He has something of a checkered history where, uh, you know, the normalities of life apply. And did your wife's face light up with delight when she saw it? It did indeed, yes. No. yes. Oh, got a ribbon, I had a Porsche got a ribbon. Speedster, which is a similar, you Ooh. know, a replica one. A yeah. Chesil Beach one. And, and yeah. that was a similar sort of thing. With a with a Volkswagen engine in it, and it. But what I found was that I was driving back from Rye one night, and it was across the marsh, and very foggy and very misty, and I couldn't see anything out of the um, out of the, the the front the windscreen. So I had to drive back stood up, with my head above That's the it. windscreen. That's <laughs> it's not very convenient, is it? That I, t- I took a stance uh, which was sort of like um, Gene Vincent. 
one leg forward on the accelerator <laughs> and the other one back. So a kind of rock and roll stance. Yes, nice. I bet All that, the way across the marsh. I would right. have loved to have seen that, sort of yes. like looking very... Did your blue cap fly all? Yes. Yeah. But the other thing I remember was my mate said, you can actually put a Porsche engine in it. He said, the only thing is you've actually... Because it was in the back of the engine, wasn't it, the Carmen gear, like the Porsche. He said, the only thing is you've got to put two slabs of concrete in the bonnet to stop it flipping over if you put a Porsche engine in the <laughs> did, back. Did you try that? I wife? didn't, I didn't. No, no, no. It was the, I couldn't get hold of the concrete what slabs. A lovely, what a lovely present. What colour was it, the Carmen gear? It was racing green, funny oh, enough, Jules. I know you love a bit of racing green. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. And then we had kids... Well, you're not allowed to say that, eh? Hey, you have to call it blue. Do you? What? It's bad luck to call oh, a car British racing green. Oh, there yeah. you are. There's a top tip. Yeah. But I tell you what, I had to sell it when I had kids. Obviously, it was completely impractical. But then recently, I bought Anne another one for our 30th wedding anniversary. I got an acid yellow uh, Carmen. <laughs> but what I forgot was what I'd already said. It technologically is one of the hardest. It's like driving a tractor, but going at sort of two mile. The wheel's like a boat. Like you try and drive around in London, you need sort of Popeye's muscles just to go <laughs> left. I was in a motorway services driving in my Mercedes across Germany. I went into, but it wasn't motor, it was, it was in the snow and it was just like a little garage, really. And in the garage was a calf. And a giant came in next to me, he was rather smelly with denims, denim sort of uh, dungarees. And he ordered this huge hot dog and then a litre of beer, which he then swigged out of the bottle, this whole litre of beer, which he consumed, burped, wiped the foaming beer and the sort of hot dog from his beardy mouth, went off in his gigantic sort of um, uh, dungarees, got back in his lorry and drove off. Put yeah. it on auto drive, so, yeah. you know, Berlin. What you've done is just describe songs. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, you? <laughs> My friend Steve Parrish, do you know him? He's an ex-motorcycle champion. Yes. Yeah. But then he turned, when he's packed in motorcycle, he, he started um, speed racing lorries. <laughs> and, uh, and like great big massive. So you're about 20 foot up in the air and you go tearing off the speed, the um, acceleration of a Porsche. I got in this lorry with him and I went for a trip, I think it was around Silverstone or somewhere. And the last thing I heard was over the tannoy, He's off. Oh, and it's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, going round the corner when you're that high up at Terrible. high speed, it's like I thought I was going to die. Yeah. yeah. I've been in a light aircraft with him as well. That was equally as frightening. I missed out on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've high speed truck ne driving. Never been tempted to do any racing or anything like that. Uh, I was a bit of go kart racing, but yeah, I wasn't very good. I get a bit scared, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not very brave. Yeah, no, I think I'm not he's very not. Brave. What's your first motoring memory? Do you, do you remember motoring trips, or you, oh, you always at cycles, or what was it? Your first sort of transport that you liked? I suppose you know one of my many uncles, three point five Rover coupes Ooh, outside nice. the pub. Nice. You know, pretending to drive with a packet of crisps that. and lemonade yes, exactly. and all that. Yeah. No, for, and I think that's Happy, very, you know, I think you I have a theory for hours. that it's very good for spatial awareness. So I used to do that. <laughs> sit in my uncle's car, pretend to drive. I didn't have the packet of crisps, but sit in my uncle's car and pretend to drive. But I would visualise out the front where I was going. Oh, I'm going up. So then it would sort of, you'd have an idea of... <laughs> What space was, you know, and and then my uncle would come out and say, "You just ruined my steering on my car by sort of moving the wheel from side to side like that." But yeah, I mean, everyone was into cars, you know, Cortinas and Lee Thompson was really into cars. Humber was his thing. Oh, nice! I the Super Snipe. Oh, I've got a Super Snipe. And what was the other one? Began with an S. I think was it a Hawk? Was it a Hawk? Hawk yeah. Super Snipe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
The simple Lovely snack. cars. The simple snipe. Yeah, unsuper yeah, snipe. Yeah, yeah. That's the one you're thinking yeah. of. The shitty snipe. Yeah, the, yeah, <laughs> that one? Remember the snidey snipe as well? Yeah. <laughs> what again was lovely when you see... They're tiny, aren't they? What to me looked like a Cadillac because right. they had fins, didn't and, they? And all right. that. And in, and in the, they're actually the size of and, an old fashioned. In, in, in the brochures, you get three people sitting in the front and three people sitting in the back. But you <laughs> no never way. have, never could do that in reality without sort of sitting on their laps. And what's that where both the windows went down at the same time? What's the technical term for that? Do you remember that, Jules? The time. So there was window? no bar between the windows, you know? It just... Oh, pillarless. Yeah. Pumba Super Snipe was never a pillarless. Oh, vehicle. was it not? No. But uh, it's superb, as used by a number of prime ministers. But uh, and what about bicycling? You keen bicyclist? Always cycled, yeah. I mean, everyone cycled as a kid. It was the only form of transport when you were yes. young, you know, and, and you could get around London a lot better, you know, capacity than you could on foot, you know. It's just, well, it's, we, we all did, we cycled, yeah. Kids yeah, seem yeah. to nowadays just go straight for the high-end <laughs> bicycle. Don't they? You don't start off on the trying three-wheeler. You don't see as many of those going about. No, with no, you don't, do you? On the back of it. I'd, put your teddy bear in. I'd love a giant <laughs> one of those. Have you, have yeah. you got one? No, I'd like one. You can. I'd like one. Yeah. Put full, what, an adult-sized one? Yeah. Yeah, let's go to Salisbury Plain. Why? Because I've seen, like, I've got all these guns down there. I've seen what, it in a, some a, documentaries on a, on a bicycle, yeah, from Clerkenwell. So you, can, you, you strap your uh, radio, don't you, to the handlebars, you know, with the octopus clips. And I just, I think we got to St John's Wood roundabout when, when the battery packed up on the radio <laughs> and it was starting to get a bit cold. <laughs> Do you think we should actually just go home? I don't think we're going to make it to sort Also, if I may say, if you were going to St, yeah. St John's Wood from Clarkwell, completely yeah. the wrong direction anyway. You were heading north. You were sort of heading oh, towards... Oh, you pedantic old <laughs> but No, but I think it's very good, even better as a child that you thought we would go back. Yeah, we'd go if that way. You would have ended go up... that way. Exactly. Hang on. No, that's Regent's Park. <laughs> what are you talking about? I've seen a bit of green on the horizon. That's it. Now, I saw you in uh, in your TV show where you're digging up tanks and stuff. Yes, and you got yes. to go in all them, didn't you? I was quite Ooh. envious because I went in a tank once. Yeah. And when I was little, and I can't remember really, if I must have Ooh. enjoyed it, but you got to go in all them, didn't you? That was really good fun, absolutely. The incredible thing about a tank, though, is, you know, it, it, it just couldn't get any more simple. Right? You've got two brakes, basically. You turn the engine on, right? And the engine's just supposed to chuck you forward. And all you're doing is if you want to turn left, you put that brake on. If you want to turn right, you put that brake on. And it's as simple as that. And off you go. Quite claustrophobic, though. Quite claustrophobic. Yeah, I wouldn't fancy being in a war, you know, nah. worrying about things. And you the know? Windscreen, but, but... windscreen's a little letterbox, isn't well, it? Well, this is it. Well, you know what I mean? You can stick your head above the thing when you're not actually in combat, which, for me, was the great advantage. <laughs> But now I did all of that, yeah. Then, then Spitfire, probably the highlight of my oh, life. Oh, yeah. what an excitement! And of course, I said to the pilot, "Look, I'm not great with heights. Could you sort of take it easy?" But right. next thing, yeah, of course, barrel rolls, you know, somersaults. But it was fantastic, actually. Yeah. There was something about it that was so romantic that I lost all my fear, you know. Yes. The amazing thing about that as well, you can actually feel the size of it. Like you do feel like you are a bird. I know it sounds stupid, but well, you do as, feel at, at one with the ve with the well, ve you know. Because some this is it. some well, this vehicles is it. you feel like you're part of it, and so in other words, it's just an extension of you. Absolutely, that's exactly what it was. With that Spitfire, you've got yeah. the, the excitement of that engine. Must have made a fantastic oh, sound. Yeah. Just the engine, the, and then the yeah. idea of, of them flying over the um, the, the sort of oh, that's because that's what we did again. we went out over the coast and that, that feeling there up through the clouds because mm. the interesting thing about the Spitfire also wasn't it it didn't have any flaps it was that elliptical wing I forget the guy who designed it but he was some sort of genius that, that worked no, out Mitchell that you could go up much more quickly in a, 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 a vertical way without the flaps it just was ready to go up and get into the clouds yeah they did have flaps on the wings 
Did they Spitfires? Yeah. I don't know, maybe the model yeah. I was in didn't. No, no. I don't think it'd be able to fly anywhere if it didn't have flaps. I think you have to have flaps to make things go okay. up and down. Again, a rather controversial moment. Perhaps we yes. should pause. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's settle this once and for all. Outside, now. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but no, I was very envious of you doing that show. Digging up, because oh, yeah, I like yeah. digging up things, as well, and I, uh, the, the, oh, digging Vic, up military stuff. Jim, Jim, I'm sorry, mate. I, I hate both of them things. <laughs> yeah, the wrong man in the wrong yeah, yeah. But I did, though. No, I got into it, man. What was lovely was it was one of those, you know, you get those opportunities where, you know, I'm supposed to be the person who doesn't really understand what's going on, and I yeah. didn't. You're, you're the conduit between the experts <laughs> and the ignorant exactly, public. Exactly. <laughs> and, of course, you learn, and it's fantastic. Yeah. It was one where there was a bomber, a Heinkel bomber, crashed in the marshes outside um, Liverpool. I said, I'm no expert on mangled bits of aeroplane, but even I can see why that's a bomb. <laughs> that's a big bomb. Was it a live bomb? It, well, fortunately, it wasn't. But he said, you, I said, well, how far have we got? He said, about four kilometres away that's where ordinance at his disposal had to be called I suppose exactly exactly sort of two and a half weeks later they turned up right the old fag on like that yeah cool of course the Royal Engineers it was one of them that uh, without the the, the ordinance disposal that that saved St Paul's Cathedral yeah because uh, Captain Davis Second World War the Bombs hit, gone and hit St Paul's, and it's it's lodged itself a live bomb, but it hasn't gone off. Lodged yeah. it, it's gone through the roof and lodged yeah. itself in underneath yeah. the sort of altar, practically. Yeah, hitting a gas main. So he's done doing the usual, like going around the city of London with his little team of blokes trying to sort things out. He's called him to there; it's an emergency. He said, "Well, we better dig this out by hand and get it out." Well, that's very dangerous. You just dig this out. Yeah, we. So yeah. they started digging by hand, but because it hit a gas main. They were all overcome by the fumes Whoa. and collapsed. So they were taken off to hospital, given a bit of a cup of tea and a pat on the back and a ham sandwich, came back an hour later, with, you know, back with some gas masks and figured that out, and then dug it out by hand, took it off, put it on the back of a sort of a, a, a AEC lorry or whatever it was, go across to the marshes in Essex, where it's then exploded. Uh, the body goes off just as they get there, I think. Fortunately, they were, yeah. and, and without them doing that, no St Paul's today. Where I lived once, there was a bomb found in a wood which was on my land, and I got the bomb squad round, and they dug it up. It was a big bomb, and they put it in the back. It was like a van, which had a big white box on the back of it, and they just put it in there and blew it up in, in the, the back of the van, but in a kind of casual way, you know, like the driver's there. You look a bit like a spiv picking his teeth with a flick knife, you know, <laughs> casually leaning against the lorry. Yeah, okay, went, yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, but so that's what they did, they took it on site, because it's safer to do it in the back of the van. When I was at school, you got a choice of doing sports or community service, which meant that you'd have to go around to some old lady's house and dig a lawn up, or dig a garden up for her. So I went to this old lady's house, and she, in her front room, had a piano, and uh, she said, the plane crashed there in the Second World War, and she said, when it landed, its back rear gun fired off around and it says and it went through the window there was a hole in the window covered in sellotape where she said the bullet came through there and lodged in the piano oh. and it was still in there and she said I've worked out how to play around the bullet so she, <laughs> she plays yeah a, Jules can you play around the bullet no you are <laughs> it there is you a thing. it there is a thing <laughs> and here's a message from our sponsors Thinking of escaping from prison again? Well, yes. Then why not try one of our one-stop shop for jailbreaks? 
grappling hooks. Uh, uh, sheet, sheets tied together, diagrams. Uh, cakes with um, uh, concealed files and keys. Everything you need to fool screws and do a runner. Hmm. What's our shop called? The Departure Lounge. <laughs> Scarpers and vermouth. Flea and easy. Take your pick. <laughs> Terms and conditions apply. When you go on tour of Madness, do you go in a bus or do you go in individual vehicles? Well, it's funny, George. I was thinking about that. Yeah, I, I prefer the bus now. Strange, you know. I mean, but we were talking about, or you were, uh, uh, you know, how romantic flying used to be. And flying used to be really romantic. But it used to be, you walk, wandered in, you know what I mean? There you are, you get your chin and tonic, you're on the plane and off you go. Of course, it isn't anymore at all. It's two and a half hours out of your life, isn't it, before you even get on the plane. Yeah. So I'm much more happy to get the train or the bus now. Yeah, oh, we've got a whole tour around Europe. Of course it was slightly longer on occasions but mostly you're playing cards with your mates upstairs and you know yeah and watching Dor blueies on the old doobie you know <laughs> youngsters downstairs and all that but i mean the, but i think you're make the, your own sandwich can't you and all that that's right Fantastic. and i think door to door it's often it is we've worked well, out from i think you know to to get to amsterdam or to it's, well, it's, it's like it. it's, i think that's that that's a little bit further than Amsterdam is about it's quicker door to door to drive. Yeah. Because by yeah. the time you got to the airport, you yeah. can drive to the airport, allow the extra time. And getting out of the airport and getting all your gear off the thing and yeah. all that. And the coach pulls up at the hotel, <laughs> and there you Dogs go. Your uncle, yeah. exactly, you know. No, I have enjoyed that more. Also, I've taken the band off on some weird and wonderful diversions. Have I've they told the that? tour manager it's a bit further than it is, only to discover this amazing restaurant on Lake Como. Do you know what I mean? Oh, and, nice. They'd normally go, oh, I can't be bothered with all that, but I've managed to get them there and go, you, come on, the sun's shining. Do you, do you find the great restaurants around Europe? I've, I've, you know, I've, I've counted a few, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm no, uh, you know, whatever, but I do like nice food. And I think, you know, with your mates, conviviality outdoors is a nice break Lovely. of the journey to Lovely. me, Lovely. even if it's a bit fresh, you know. But you're one of the few men that I know that have gone, used to go um, with my wife's uncle and have lunch, and I think you were right in saying that you've continued it through, haven't you? I don't know if anybody else has done it. It's a quite an achievement. Could you tell the, the, the viewers about that? It was Boxing Day. It was a lovely trattoria in Parkway, and there we were. We'd had a lovely lunch, and before we knew it, it was sort of the afternoon kind of spilled on a smidge, and, and people started saying, we're getting a bit peckish again, so can we have another look at that menu, please? We're now 6.30. We went to the cocktail hour. What are you talking about? <laughs> Couple of martinis, and we got the menu and the old trout with the roast dinner. almonds and exactly. dinner, without having to move for that eighteen really is, hours. That really is good. So let's go for good. lunch and then stay for the afternoon and have dinner. Have you ever yeah. done that? That's an achievement. Yeah, I have. I've done, have you? Probably have you once seen it I've through? It, but yeah. it is a great. But the French should do that all day long. Exactly. Not all day long, all week long. Their Christmas dinners about three days. Well, long. I remember that first time going to Italy or France, when of them. Of course, you're all like that, aren't you? You know, because someone's going to take it away more often. Wolf food, food. Down. yeah. And you look round and they're still on the first course, yeah, and you've done all Chatting, three courses. Yeah. <laughs> Sipping, I think they call it. Whereas we're quaffing, aren't we? That's the sophisticated way of dining, <laughs> isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, like in, in Britain, you know, you get, have your egg and chips as quickly as possible so you can get back to catch Sandwich on your knee with your mobile phone <laughs> and all that. But in southern Italy, I've got a house there, you know, not going on, but they still have that siesta, four hours. They tried to do away with it, but it was, they were up in arms, you're joking, you know. What do you mean I've got to work more than three hours a day? Leave me out. I, I did, uh, I was in And France. it is great, because you can have a few glasses of wine and a kip then in the yeah. afternoon. Yeah, you need yeah, the yeah, kip. Yeah, I yeah, had yeah. Um, uh, a 60, uh, the menu, what's it called? Gastromanique? Gastromanique. Yes. <laughs> 
Go on, he's going to be used to say. Gastronomique. Gastronomique. Go on. The 16 Corsa. A different glass of wine with every... Well, the, the the wine that they gave us was a sweet pudding wine, so I ignored that and just stuck. But I was, it was there was so much food there. God knows, endless. Like but this. you see, Italians they're often quite thin, and I love had the pasta, then the sausages, then the fish, then the cheese. Oh, delicious. Where is definitely where, where is it being put? Yeah, but, but you know, they're, but they're, it's time. I think is the thing. They will spend four hours doing it. And, yeah. and, and my father told me reliably that in the nineteen late fifties. Sophia Loren was uh, got uh, the, was uh, did work for the Italian um, food marketing board because they worked out that if you ate spaghetti, it actually kept you you know it was if you it was very good for you made you of thin. So she did an advert saying spaghetti makes you thin, uh, which was yeah. a lovely I don't idea. They would have thought pasta <laughs> would make you thin. Yeah. Yes. As long as you only eat it once a year, do you know yes. what I mean? <laughs> they yeah. that, of, that part of it. And when you're in Italy, well, yeah. how do you get around? Do you cycle? Do you walk? Do you oh, drive? I've got to tell you what, I've got to say, now then, now then, the little Ferrari. I bought this car, it's called a Fiat Sweet, right? It's, it's probably the ugliest car I've ever made. Sweet? Sweet, right, and it is, right? It's not got nothing to do with a three-piece sweet. I said, you're all right, right? Or, it's like or, that joke. How can you have half of a three-piece sweet? <laughs> anyway, S-U-I-T-E, yeah. So it came just after the Cinquecento, which we all know is a beautiful car. You know, the original Cinquecento, the yeah. 500. yeah. And this was the box version, right? It's terrible. 800 euros. It goes like the clappers. It sounds like a Ferrari. It, it looks terrible. Did you terrible. say 800 years old? <laughs> so, and the, the oldest cars, car. And the car's not brand new either. From the Roman Empire. <laughs> I'm Spartacus. Uh, anyway, it's a fabulous little car, and it gets you from A to B really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did try and... I looked at one of those old Cinquecentos, beautiful red, white leather. Literally, my knees were sort of like out yeah. of the window. There's no oh, way I could pretend yeah. to be able to try I had a Messerschmitt, you know, the little Messerschmitt. <laughs> yeah, one, yeah, so you, yeah. And you sit one behind Bubble, the other. The Buble, Michael Buble. And that was... you could. Pr- I used to get a lot of kids queuing up outside, like, knocking on the door, so can I have a go in your clown car? <laughs> <laughs> it's a back-to-front Robin Millard. Right? That's yeah. right. Two wheels at the front and one at the back. Yeah. yeah. My dad started driving... Because he used to ride motorcycles, and that he... I don't think he ever passed his test. I think you could drive a three-wheel... Well, yeah, yeah, I think he had a license. Bond minicar. Yeah. Oh, which yes. Which was like... Fiberglass, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. fiberglass. And very light. Yeah, and very, yeah, you could, very you could light. just lift the whole thing up. And you could get it in, in the yellow way. or light blue, wasn't it? That was yeah, it. You, got you could lift it up and put it in your pocket. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Post it back to the person you borrowed it from when you sort of used it. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Have you got any dream cars left, Suggs, that you'd like to own? Well, this is it. We talked briefly. You know, I have this kind of vision of doing the Grand Tour in the, in the, in the Rolls-Royce Silver Phantom. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a bit of that. Yeah. Well, you say yeah, Grand Tour, I... where are you going to go? Well, down the Mediterranean, I don't, you know, there's miles of it out there, Jules. I don't lovely, know, mate. Lovely, lovely. You know, I can't know it all, can I? I haven't even got there, half no. yet. Have you ever gone off? Windy roads, you know, with spaghetti Have you ever done that? And frog's legs, lovely down there with the old window over the old woman with a scarf on. Have you ever gone anywhere and not known where you're going to go? <laughs> Where are you going to end up? Most most I'm days of the most days of the week, Jim. How <laughs> dare you? How but dare I, you I, I say I got in two hours early this morning? And I really loved it, and I've never dared do it again. Where'd you go? Well, you just, yeah, went, I just went off. I just, yeah, but, 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 yeah. but where did you start? In London, and I ended up going around Norfolk, and then Scotland, and all over everywhere. But you just, just look at a road at random and go on. Yeah, you know, going places. And turning up and saying, have you got any rooms for the night? Yeah. When you've got kids and, and families, and you've got other people to think about. And but I do like no, that. No, no, I'm, I'm very happy. It was happy getting to... hairy. It was getting like, no, we haven't got any room. Right, right, and it's right. It's dark. I was like, oh, I don't know where I'm going now. Well, that's it. You're absolutely right. Yeah, when you've got the kids in the back, that's not... When we were younger, me and Annie used to do that and just bowl up to any old town. Yeah. yeah. And you go, we've got sort of two hours before the sun actually does go down and we're stuck, but... I did. I got lost in Spain once. We went on holiday with the family, so two little kids as well. And the back, and the the directions to this place that this house that we'd rented was rubbish. And got lost. I went back to the airport into the parking bay and said, "Right, I'm going to start again." Got lost again. Everyone's in tears. So I went into a, a, a petrol station and I said, uh, "I'm looking for this place." Showed him the map. Said, "This place here." He went, "Ah." I didn't speak any Spanish, and he he didn't speak any. But he went, he went rotunda, like oh. I thought. Well, he's not telling me I look rotund, so he must mean <laughs> oh, roundabout. Sure? And I thought we worked it out. Yeah, from, from good one for word, you, good rotunda. for you. No, that's right. Very good. Yeah, yeah. The I... going round. I do remember actually another one was um yeah we were doing that in France and we couldn't find anywhere to stay. It was Independence. What's it called? French when it's Independence. What are they called the uh, Bastille you know, Day. Bastille yeah. Day. That's it. Thank you. And of course, it was much busier than I thought it was going to be. But now we're in tandem with these Germans, right, just ahead of us, right? And they pull in, right, and it's full up, right? So then we overtake them. We get to the next auberge, that's full up. And I can see them overtaking us. Right? And this went on for some time until we finally beat them to the only jeet or whatever it was that still had a bed left. But it just was hilarious, that sort of... Uh stress of chasing the Germans. Of course, you know? driving through France is uh, is beneficial because there's the roads are much less busy there because it's a it's, it's a bigger country with... With, with very good po- roads. We've got, yeah, roads, and a smaller population out yeah. in the rural areas. So you can, and it costs a few quid, doesn't it? And all them living things, doesn't it? You know? The old payage. Well, the old payage, yeah. cool. And you also, particularly difficult, if you're on your own in a vehicle, yeah. as oh, I yeah. was... Oh, I went, on the wrong side. I went on one of those and I was in, in my... Uh, I'm just saying, I was in a Goldwing Mercedes and it was very almost impossible to get reach over right so you've got to reach right over through exactly what you need is a shovel there you with go your frank on the end of it <laughs> just keep a shovel that's it's just a handy tip well do you remember <laughs> the ones with the big claws yeah, i was going to say big claw yeah. that's right or an oar or something yeah. like that you know just with the, with a bit of blue tack on it you put your yeah. frank on it and then stick it out the window yeah yeah thanks quite a good tip indeed yeah. indeed the last some type of uh, yes. transport we haven't discussed is walking. Are you a keen walker? I, I, I like walking. Yes, 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 yes. And what's your what's your chosen method of footwear? 
Um, I've bought these lovely, uh, they're trainers, I think, but they look a bit like walking boots. I made the huge mistake of buying brand, brand new, whatever his name is, Brasher, and, and they cut my feet to shreds. I was supposed to do this charity walk from uh, Canterbury back to Whitstable. I got two mile up the road and my feet were in shreds. And I had to do that terrible thing of ducking out to the railway station <laughs> when no one was looking with the newspaper like that. Why? I've, uh, Where's he going? See, I, I do a lot of walking. And, yeah. Um, well, you've got I'll, to wear them in the bleeding thing. Yeah, well, I think the, the thing. best thing, because I was thinking about, you know, I, I thought, should I get some walking trainers? Yeah. I mean, I've never bought a pair of trainers no. in my life. But um, no. I thought, no, why should I? I've, I've never found it difficult walking in my comfortable market boots. And I don't need to wear shorts either. So I'm just going to walk around. Well, no, my nephew put me onto these ones. They're just lightweight with great big chunky tread at the bottom. And they just feel comfortable and that's it. But you're quite right. I mean, like I said, you know, why did I think I need Chris Brasher walking boots to walk up Canterbury High Street? You know what exactly. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You weren't going across, weren't going across the, the Himalayas, you know. Exactly. I, did, so I remember when I first got a pair of Dr. Martins. And in fact, even Martins. the countryside is very rarely that difficult. No, that's you know, right. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. sometimes require a commando soul for that extra bit of purchase on a bunny bank. But other than that, you're right. Yeah. But I remember getting my first pair of Dr. Martins and my friend had Dr. Martins. He said, well, the thing is, they've got an air soul. So yeah. In there, there's air of the soul of Dr. Martin, so it makes you very springy. It's just like you're, it's like being walking on the moon. Yeah, and I, so I went sort of skipping around, imagining I was walking on the moon yeah, with yeah. Dr. Martin. Did you used to paint the stitching on yours? I don't remember that I did, no. I did, yeah, I suppose that was the thing. You used to you yeah. paint your stitching yellow, the little stitches around the outside well, it was, of it was the soul. I also painted the soul white. Yeah. Some peculiar my, Me and my mate, we, I had a pair of brogues. <laughs> Here we go. And... Uh, we because it was I oh, thought it looked really cool at night uh, on my push bike if I sprayed the, the shoes fluorescent pink <laughs> and they could see them go, going along the street so it was like two so, two sh shoes no, we used to dial Dr Luminous Martins yeah. it was called Lady something I Lady remember. Esquire and you, if you sniffed that you get slightly you know what I'm saying at the set of double whammy so you're getting <laughs> high while you're painting your Dr Martin's luminous green fantastic yeah 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 no, that was a big thing because the only problem was you had to take all the gloss off first with some sort of spirit which was equally euphoric and then get involved with the with the Lady Esquire paint yeah yeah quite a I... complex uh, thing but really? we worked it at the end of it for a lovely quiet I should think a decorated set of Doc Martens nowadays well, would be, would set you back. Well, I was going to say, because there was this gang around my way, they were called the Aldenham Glamour Boys, and they all had their boots different colours, right? I say, it was like it was like seeing a packet of Smarties bouncing down the street, <laughs> but he wouldn't say that to their what faces. What colour did you no. go for? What one? What colour were your docks? My docks were the standard, what's that yeah. sort of reddish colour they were? I didn't Ox have them. Yes, yes, Ox blood, yeah. Yes, I didn't yeah. have them. They, they weren't sort of decorated in these vague ways. I, for some ways that you... mad reason, went for red when they were already sort of red. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't well, like a huge... cherry red or, or I went blood. bright red, I mean, but they were still pretty red. It wasn't like going blue or green, which was sort of fun. I might get some again. I mean... Nice looking, things. Looking for, you said that walking shoe... You're quite right. And that's what they were made for as well, isn't it? With the air. Uh, yes, yes. I thought it was so you wouldn't get electrocuted when you were 
rummaging around in somebody's house. I in the think dark. there was some <laughs> sort of... <laughs> yeah, you could creep around undetected. Yes. In the quiet soul <laughs> yeah. when you're burgling. And but also you wouldn't be electrocuted because of the deep rubber sole. Exactly what was, they were for. I, I thought feature. it was just as a comfortable walking boot. No, you see, when it you was a health thing, wasn't it? I can't remember exactly, but I think there was a very specific reason why Doctor Martin got involved. Well, um, people with bad faith. But do you think Doctor Martin so. knew Doctor Skull? Because Dr. Skull was the other shoe, wasn't it? You call and... your shoes comfortable, come yes. over here, said Dr. Skull. <laughs> then old Dr. Birkenstock turns up and yeah. was like, right, old punch up in yeah. the herd. And Professor yeah. Brown. Hamburg High Street. <laughs> and then the croc turned up and it was all over. <laughs> um, it's, it's been wonderful hearing about some of the transport, your, your, the vehicles and well, there we are. your methods of transport and the joys that, that it's... That it's They're in. in. When you go on a journey, do you look forward to a journey going away? I do, I do, I do. I must say, more recently, I said air, air, air transports. But, but, but for me, the train, King's Cross has become, I'm only around the corner from King's Cross. I can be in Paris, and I can be in Whitstable. I do like that. It's this, uh, what's it called? Eurostar, they call it. Oh, Is it marvellous. Something? Yeah, oh, marvellous, man. Yeah. A glass of champagne, and you, yeah. you know, before you know it, you're in Paris. You know, see, and you get out of the station... And it's not like you're getting out of some hub airport, is it? You are in. That's right. You go, you're right in the you centre go, of the city. You know, quite, I didn't realise quite how Parisian Paris is. Yeah, because you're know? right in the middle of it. You you're get just out, like dropped off. In and the centre. Yeah. No, it's the best thing. The, the Eurostar is really great. My only thing is, I've asked, but they won't let me go have a journey through sitting on the <laughs> well, driver's lap. What's that, your piano? Lap. <laughs> yeah. No, I want to sit on the driver's lap and see us going hundreds of miles an hour through the... The thing I'd love you. I've got a model of the Eurostar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been marvellous having you as our guest here today. It's been a pleasure. Uh, and we've we've travelled both on the Eurostar. We've had some great footwear and some lovely vehicles. Yeah, couldn't have been better, could it? Covered it all. There goes Suggs driving back to Whitstable in a tank. Very unusual that. Yeah. Very unusual to have a tank. Driving slightly erratically. I yes, think. with a with a with a Mini Cooper strapped on the roof rack on top of the tank. Yeah. This podcast was produced and edited by Molly Stewart. Sound engineers were James Stewart and George Latham. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.